Putting up with Aaron Michael Marsh. The Pearl is. I don't know who Minnie Pearl is. I don't want to be a political person. It actually made me upset during the pandemic that I had to be a political person because all of a sudden that's all there was to do was read the news. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got to push. Got it. Yeah, I know. I, I got you. I mean, I do want to be, but I'm not smart enough. <laughs> but I respect do you want to be one your of those people choice. that like runs for mayor where there's like 40 names. Um, if I if I were, it would only be a couple of names because it would be Trona where I'm moving to. And I would probably be like a pretty good mayor of Trona, you know, but I have yeah, a feeling you win. I could probably win. But I'm liberal. I'm I don't think I'm liberal. I'm Democrat, but uh, it's conservative there. I mean, definitely a conservative's going to win, you know, although I don't find the climate racist yet. I mean, of course, I don't find the climate racist, but just like I, I've had some <laughs> I, but I've had some situations where I feel like if people were racist, they would like confide in me like the people I've talked to out there, you know. They would be like, yeah. you know what I mean, kind of thing. But it's not like that That's so far. <laughs> That's true. As a white person, or I mean, like I'm half Mexican, half white, but pretty much passes white. You don't realize your friends are racist until you're already like friends with them three years down the line. And then they say something really off color. And you're like, oh, oh, wait. <laughs> Did you mean that? <laughs> well, it, it, it depends if you trigger them or not. And I yeah, know it's no, really, I it's really, yeah. Life. Huh? I grew up in Arizona and I didn't find out that one of my friends was racist until um, we we're reading a Batman comic and Batman hugs a black kid. Right. And this kid went nuts on it. And I was like, what's wrong with Batman hugging a black kid? Right. Like, and then he was, and then he went on his diatribe and I was like, wait, where did this come from? You know, like <laughs> it was like this whole thing. What if there's a black Batman soon? That guy's gonna kill himself. Yeah, he's called the Dark Knight. He's not, he's not gonna work out well for him. He's, he's like, like not no my idea. Batman. All the are shot so dark. Not my Batman. Remember, not my yeah, exactly. Ariel. Not my Ariel when like all the moms were like pissed that it wasn't like a white redhead, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're like, you know, everyone can take turns. It's a fictional character. We whatever we need it to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if he was the criminal and Batman jumped down, he would be all mad until Batman takes the cowl off and he would see like George Clooney and he's like, Oh, thank God. Oh, I was worried the neighborhood was getting bad. <laughs> Gotham. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh. Help me load this TV into my car, Batman. And he's like, no, that's why I'm fighting. It's <laughs> hilarious. Oh, my God. You've got some fucked up friends. Me, too. Well, I was on a date with this guy one time, and he told me he lived in Palms in L.A. And I go, like, jokingly, I go, oh, you're the only white guy in Palms. And he got really pissed at me for saying that. And he was like. He's like, we have a brotherhood in Palms. Okay. <laughs> He he was so like offended that I said he, you know he lived in a black neighborhood and he goes, we don't have that many black people there and the ones that are there are chill. <laughs> I've checked in with them. Like you chill? You're like yeah, we chill. It was his observation. Yes. 
<laughs> are you chill? <laughs> I you're funny. <laughs> what um what other parts of enter here I am interviewing you, but I just want to know, like, you know, you're really smart and you're also like good with people. And what are some other things you're good at besides comedy? <laughs> um, I played guitar for 25 years. I'm not great at guitar, but I'm good at guitar. I play that, but I'm also I wasn't great at being in a band and trying to lead people in that way. So I wasn't, I'm not functional in the ways you need a guitar player to be functional. I'm functional in the way a bedroom guitar player needs to be functional, which is why I think stand-up worked well for me. Like I wasn't good at improv because there was all these team things I had to do. And you're just like, no, can we just all just listen to my way and just ignore the rest? <laughs> which is why when it's like, you see stand-up and it's just like, well, there we go. Yeah, that's what I, I need to no, not I have to run it past anybody. <laughs> Exactly. If we want to put it out there and eat shit, that's on us. <laughs> We're not yeah. hurting anyone else. You know, we're not hurting anyone else. Hopefully I don't feel like my kind of stand up hurts anyone but myself. <laughs> yeah. And it relentlessly hurts yourself. <laughs> I'm out for my own masochistic needs, not yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, I mean, like you love making yourself the butt of the joke. And at no point are we like worried for you up there, you know, it's just like, oh, look, Sally's having fun. Yeah. I mean, at my age, you know, like I obviously uh, like what I'm doing. <laughs> Although that's so. Well, yeah, but it's cool. At the same time, I do know people who, you know, they start stand up when they're like 45 and they have to go through, you know, like several years of struggle. And I really admire that, too. I mean, I was 30 when I started, so that's not early. I was 29 when I started. That's, I mean, yeah. so like I was only I turned 30 like two months into stand up. So essentially the same where you're like, OK, same. I'm in a room full of kids, which is also a bit weird to deal with all of that, especially like now that we're like our age and we're like definitely adults. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, cool. I'm in the green room with a 20 year old. You're like, this is you're like, I don't even know how to interact with any of this. You go, oh, interesting. Like, they want to talk to you about whatever they think is going on with comedy. You're like, I've been doing this almost as long as you've been alive. There's no reason you need to talk to me about any of this. That is the weirdest thing to think about. The fact that I've been doing comedy for almost 25 years and I've got a 22-year-old talking to me in the green room. Wow. Yeah. I never even thought of that, dude. That's like numbers. You know, you get a math. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they go, you know what I learned about stand-up? I don't care. <laughs> you know, you're like, I almost want to tell some of them, you're like, you know, you should be asking me the questions about stand up. You, you just, you just started three weeks ago. Why are you telling me about anything? Okay, thanks. This brings up a good point. And it's not even about other stand ups, but sometimes, especially like talking to a dude or like on a date or something, somebody will find out that I'm an experienced stand up and mm -hmm. they will immediately turn it over to them and say, I've always wanted to try that. I think I could be good at that. Like I did an open mic once or something. And I'm like, mm -hmm. if you are interested in stand up, why aren't we talking about my quarter of a century in the fucking game? Like, why is this predominating the conversation? How you think you might be really good at it if you try it once, you know? Whoa. Yeah. Red oh. flag. I just had a triggering thing last week where someone found out that I was doing it and he went, you know, I'm a comedian too. Right. And I was just like, Oh really? How long have you been doing it? He goes, Oh, my whole life. I mean, I've never been on stage, but I've been, and I was just like, 
wait, did you just diminish everything I do to build yourself up with your zero experience? There was no like, what can I do to do this thing? Like, I believe I have this muscle. How do I work it? It's, hey, can you validate that I'm the same as you? Yeah, I'm a comedian too. Wow. Yeah. No, dude, you misused it. You should say, I'm, I feel like I'm funny too. You know, that would be a yeah. nice way to go in. Yeah, no, it did not. And I wanted to just be like, oh, cool. I don't want you to ever talk to me again. At that moment, I was just like, how do I get this person completely out of my life? Oh, uh, that's very, yeah, that's very off-putting. The last person who did that to me, he was like tipping me and sending me stuff off my wish list. So it was okay. And he was also just a pretty good guy. But if it would have been like in real life, yeah, I would have pulled back. And there were no, yeah, if which there by were the no way, gifts, I barely know this person. If it was somebody I've known for years that did that, it's a different story. You know, like, but it's like someone I barely know and like, oh, wait, I believe you're talking to me for this. You're searching for the validation. And so you found me to try to get it from me. Oh, they they came in hot. They got they have yeah. to come correct. That's not going to you're not going to be friends with that guy now, probably. Oh, well, no. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. Um, wait, but I did want to ask you something. Um, now that we're talking a little bit about boundaries, one of the questions I specifically wanted to ask you is because you're really, you kind of come off boundary less, you know, like not to give away your, your secrets, but before we started doing this, you're like, Hey, hold on, let me poop first, you know, which is like a kind of a boundary list. It's almost like we're, you know, it's like the way a married couple has no boundaries towards that. It felt like, Oh yeah, yeah. The door's open. Sally's letting me know the door's open. But also just as a healthy human being, you need to have some boundaries because, you know, you get people that come at you hot that don't know you at all that feel like they can talk to you in that same way. How do you establish where your boundaries do and don't exist? Because people see on stage where they're like, it feels like they don't exist because you're making jokes about yourself so you can be boundaryless with yourself. So how do you put boundaries on other people that watch your set after your set? You move. I move. I'm moving almost three hours away. <laughs> <laughs> You, you drive till you don't see him anymore, Aaron. <laughs> it's come to that. You know, I, yeah, I have this thing where people meet me and I can feel close to people very easily. It's, it's works both ways and they can feel like they've known me all their life. And, uh, you know, I don't know quite where it comes from. Like I am from England and I was transplanted to Florida at age 10. And that's a big move in a kid's life. And uh, <clears throat> sorry, once again, coming off a of COVID scare. And uh, yeah, like it is a it is a problem because people do try and I get pushed out of my comfort zone a lot. Like, for example, this is this is a great example. And it happened yesterday. So I'm moving to this new place and I found this wonderful handyman and I like him so much and he's so affordable and so helpful. And I feel like we've known each other all our lives. And we've spent a lot of time together going to the hardware store and fixing shit in my house. And then yesterday he asks if he and his girlfriend can move their RV onto my driveway. Now, Aaron, I haven't even moved into my house yet, but he was like, this will well, be a great he thing. Could. Yeah. He's like, this will be great. You'll love my girlfriend. And that way, when you go into LA, you'll have someone to watch your house. And I was just like, no, <laughs> No, yeah, you know. that's not why I wanted a house at all. 
If I and wanted that shit, I'd have so an apartment. Your neighbor would move on to the same property. But then at the same time, it's because what you said, I'm I'm boundaryless. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, my sense of humor is such I do comedy. I self-deprecate. I do porn. Yeah, I definitely have this. Uh, yeah, And you're open about all of that on stage. So they're just like, oh, OK, this is a completely open person, which somebody who manipulates is like this is an easily manipulated person because you seem so boundaryless. It's a problem. It's a problem in relationships and friendships. It's also, mm-hmm. you know, it's a I have an issue with like a lot of people like I I'm everyone's mom kind of thing. And so a lot of people, even though I haven't been very successful in any way, shape or form of my they ask me for advice on everything, especially romantic advice. So many people come to me for advice on how to handle a guy or girl, you know, especially yeah, how to but- handle a man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you should also be like, yeah, but I'm divorced. (laughs) But I was not talking about how to physically handle a man. We're talking about how to emotionally handle a man. That's separate. (laughs) No one said I was good at that. Yeah. Ask a dominatrix. Yeah. I mean, I was in the one green card marriage where it cost me money for a guy to get his green card. So I had like the male experience in a green card marriage, you know, when the guy gets like a beautiful mail order bride and then she's out the door the minute she gets. But well, my experience was like, I married my ex-boyfriend so he could get a green card and then he tried to turn it into a real marriage with all the fucking and getting me trying to get me pregnant and trying to, you know, I felt like a prisoner in my favor to him. Again, boundaryless. Exactly. Because who would do that, Aaron? Who would say, hey, yeah, bro, I'll marry you to help you out? Me. Yeah, and I've met other people who have married people to help them out but i've also never seen that turn into uh and we should also get you pregnant you know it's like no 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 this was to help you out with paperwork yeah not birth certificates (laughs) that's a different kind of receipt (laughs) yeah (laughs) i love it okay i'll steal that joke ah stolen (laughs) (laughs) oh no i have been see you on the show <laughs> Joke thief, a food thief. I'm a lot of. I steal a lot of little things. A food course, thief. Well, oh, yeah. Are we talking yeah. about just like French fries, like for taxes? Or are we talking about like, hey, where'd this half of my sandwich go? Well, uh, no, I if mean, they don't want you to share the club. They wouldn't have cut it into fourths, Aaron. <laughs> are you a food thief too? Are you a little raccoon? <laughs> uh, you know what? When I'm in a relationship. Yeah, whatever she's not done eating is now mine. That's um, kind of how I feel. Yeah, and I don't think that's the right mentality. And if somebody was to be offended by that, I totally get and understand that. But whatever's not finished, I feel like, well, let's let's go. I want to rescue it. You know, you're not you're not going to eat that. I say that a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, well, let's put this in a box. I'm like, I got a different place to put it. You know, like let's. Trust me, Aaron likes this idea. Well, that was one problem in my green card marriage is that he's a wonderful cook. He's Japanese. And I would come home drunk from the clubs and I would just like, you know, free for all smorgasbord in the kitchen. And then he would wake up and go, where did this go? And, you know, I'm like, hey, 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 kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you know what else you're going to put in your stomach? My seed. And you're like, wait, what? No, that's. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll buy more food. 
<laughs> You'll be stealing food for two soon, bitch. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. No babies. No thanks. You don't, you don't have any kids, do you? No, no, none. You're not divorced? Not divorced. Not one. No, none. I've made the joke. The only reason I don't want a kid is because I don't want a reason to wake up. You know, like I want to sleep in every day of my life. And every day that I sleep in, I'm like, oh God, if I had a kid, I can't wake up at 1030. I wake up when kid wakes up. <laughs> so no pets. No pets. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my God. Don't you want a dog or a cat? I mean, I love dogs and cats. I don't want to have to take one for a walk. I don't want, you know, cats like wake you up in the morning by touching your face. I don't want that in my life every day. Yeah, they can. I get it. When I'm dating somebody with an animal, I'm that's a part of the relationship. But I don't need to bring that home with me. No, no, no. This is my recluse. Okay, so like good, good stepdad or not even stepdad. It's more like, yeah, like transient uncle. uncle. Yeah, uncle. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's good. No, I, I feel like, you know, you're a sweet guy and like animals would love you. So yeah, that's- a, yeah, you say that because I'm not constantly being bothered by an animal. If I had an animal that was bothering me and waking me up every morning, you'd be like, you're a grumpy guy. <laughs> this fucking cat. Yeah, I'm just taking around that energy with me all day long, every day until it dies. Like, no, no, the sleeping is a part of trying to be calm all the time. Yeah, sleep is really, really wonderful. You know what, Aaron? Ever since I've, I'm in this temporary location right now in North Hollywood, it's a house that's going to be demolished and they accepted all our pets. So that okay, was pretty I'll, cool. I was like, Do they know you're in there? <laughs> temporary location yes uh no yeah, you made it sound like you're squatting oh my god hell no not that you can't get away with that in LA but I just with with 13 pets I moved in here with 14 pets actually I've since placed one but yeah you can't squat oh with 14 god. you can't Wait. squat with 14 pets so how many kinds of animals are do you have there cats and I dogs 14 individuals they're all cats and dogs yep Cats and dogs. Like, oh yeah, two ferrets. Mm -mm. We have tarantula. Mm -mm. Nope. How many cats? How many dogs? Okay, so right now, right now, it is uh six cats and no, no, six, seven, eight, uh, seven cats and four dogs. Right now, it's eleven. I've okay. got eleven going on. Yeah, seven cats, four dogs. And how many are you getting in the divorce? All of them. Oh, uh, Sal, you may as well have a kid. Ah, uh, well, if that kid would help me with the pets, it might have been a good idea too, you know? Yeah, exactly. If you had uh. a little shepherd kid. <laughs> it would have been a cute kid too, man. Uh, half Japanese kid, tall. I got, I got like the one tall Japanese guy. Hey, but don't get pissed. I like short guys too. Okay. Um, but I wasn't getting Offensive. oh okay okay yeah i'm just making sure just making sure yeah uh I, I mean you know you're cute so handsome i it's very overwhelming taking care of a million animals yeah it is it really is because it's like you say it's got to be now my animals even though i have all those animals they don't wake me up they don't okay i, I don't know how that's even possible I don't know either. I mean, I do get up 11 early. animals. That's 44 feet that are just walking around at any given moment. 
<laughs> the pit pit patter of a little regiment. Yeah, it is. I'm like a white trash Noah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I grew up in an apartment in Tucson. Right since I grew up, when I was an adult, I lived by the train tracks, and I so I stopped hearing the train. You know, like how that happens, like just the neighborhood noises. If you have eleven animals, you must just stop hearing when things fall over. You know, like or just when things run into the walls. Like you just don't hear things anymore like that. It's so true. Like I'll hear a noise in the night, and I'm like, well, <laughs> someone's living their life. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are thirteen souls in my living room. <laughs> And we had to downsize. My ex-husband and I were living in Winnetka and the house was huge with a huge backyard, like 1,300. Yeah. And I feet. think yeah. if I live next door. Oh, what? Uh, that got distorted by the Zoom I feel like if I was living next door to somebody with as many. Yeah, I know. Oh, Our no, Zoom you're good. Distorted, we were acting like it wasn't getting distorted. Slightly. Not bad. Um. <laughs> Well, Aaron, just for the record, you sound like a great Daft Punk record right now. You know, like that's what I hear. But I also get to go back and listen because sometimes when it comes through, it comes out fine. Um, so I'll have to listen and edit. Um, I hope that, or this maybe is I helping. don't. Maybe it's just my confusion. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, yours is, um, you know, you sound okay. I, I know. It's okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh, we're talking if about I live neighbors. next door to somebody. Yeah, with 11 pets, I think I would move. Okay, now I to clarify. I would to their noises next door. Well, I would never do that in an apartment. I have had houses for like the last 15 years. I'm a lot older than you. Uh, right when I was around your age, I transitioned to a house because I wanted more pets. And I had a psycho boyfriend. Oh, yeah, I had a psycho guy. And like my roommate was like, if you're going to stay with him, he can't come over. I'm like, I feel you. So I got a house in Reseda. And then I went to this big house in Winnetka, but now I am downsized to 900 square feet and a yard that's not fenced in. So I just have to like walk the pets back there. I mean, it has been quite an overwhelming three months. Like I wake up yeah. and first I feed the cats because they're in your face. You know, the cats are like, Wah! you know, it's like real desperate vibe. And then I put on a cup of coffee yeah oh well actually Aaron that's that's not true the first thing I do is take the dogs out so they don't shit in the house you know oh, and yeah. then I feed the fucking cats and then I make mom's coffee I'm mom and then I feed the dogs last I'm like you guys got to poop you can hold out for food mm -hmm. it was funny that you said that so frustrated anyways <laughs> I take them out so they don't shit in the house and then the fucking cats and I was just like it's the kind of anxiety I still don't want, but I understand like you're like upgraded to be able to have all those animals in your life. And now that you're moving to another house with a big yard, that's room for more animals. I'm worried about that. Now, what if the handyman was like, hey, you're going to love my girlfriend. And if you don't, you're going to love my four dogs and seven other cats. He's like, I have a small range of things. In his RV. What's the weirdest animal you've owned? Have you ever owned like a goat? No. I mean, the weirdest uh, animal I've owned. No. I mean, I'm a cats and dogs person. A hermit crab. A hermit crab in middle school. Yeah. Mm, and yeah, now okay. I am a hermit crab. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Isn't it weird how we all kind of became one? 
<laughs> of all the pets I thought I was going to look like, didn't think it would be my hermit crab from seventh grade. That's hilarious. Yeah, where people become their pets. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry I'm sweating, but this is menopause. You know, this is what it looks like. By the way, I'm done with menopause. It's so great. And it's not that scary. So you tell the young girls you're dating, like, don't be afraid. Don't stress out, you know? It's not that big of a deal. Was well, not that big of a deal, and I did it without any hormones or mm-hmm. any, you know, any help, really. You know. Okay, so should I tell them on the first date or uh, the second? Yeah. Just be like, hey, I, I want that- you to know, my friend Sally told me to tell you, it's not bad. The the menopause. <laughs> Why didn't you put that on your Hinge profile? Yeah, I'll put it on the profile. Like, hey, so I like long walks on the beach, uh, ice cream for two menopause isn't bad (laughs) why am I not matching with anyone under 55 why would you want to (laughs) cougars are the best no like what age range do you kind of gravitate toward with your dating uh you know normally it's pretty age appropriate so when I was younger, I liked older women and now I'm their age and now I'm dating my own age range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like what happens. It tends to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. But does that mean like in 10, 15 years, I'll be dating younger women because I just stay in that one demographic? Yeah. I think when you are childless, you tend to reparent people, you know, and be okay with it. Like, Like I know an older guy and he's with a 30 year old, he's 60 and he's with a 30 year old. And he's like, I don't want to be her daddy, but it happens, you know? (laughs) And he goes and and the first time she called me daddy in bed, I was kind of like, what the fuck? But then eh, I don't have any kids. It wasn't that big of a deal, you know? Yeah, no, that's for sure. But also like, wait, what? That's weird. You know, like (laughs) you say that, how many times have you dated a younger man and then become their mom? All the times. <laughs> oh God, is that the goal? Well, I have not. Okay, so I haven't like, had well, a. Well, the seri- goal is to feed them. Well, yeah, <laughs> raise them right. I have not had a serious relationship, truly, since uh, since MySpace, and I I did become his mom, and he had a lot of problems, and it took the sexuality out of it for me because I was just trying so hard to get him to have his shit together. You know, I had that problem with her. One of my bigger relationships was she lost her parents and the, therefore the parent energy transferred into me. And I was like, this is a different dynamic and it's not a dynamic. I'm in. it's yeah, it's not. I mean, when you're having to like yell at somebody to get out of bed and get your ass into work and, you know, he's a millennial and I'm Gen X and he's like, oh, I'm going to call out. It's like, what the fuck does call out mean? You're going to call in sick and take some responsibility. I love the way, mm-hmm. you know, your generation has like flipped the phrase. So it sounds like they don't need you at work. They need you at work. You're working up public storage. You've got to open the office. So people, you know, I mean, people are, mm-hmm. are there with their shit. They're moving. Like you're a very important part of the day-to-day operation in Los Angeles. Get your ass to public storage. Get up. And by that time, he's like, well, fuck it. I'll just get up, you know? Yeah. I was, but it was like that every day to get some motherfucker to go into work, you know, and pay his share of the rent, which you end up supporting them in every, every way. So that should be the alarm clock that you give them. 
you should have given him an alarm clock that already had a pre-recorded message of like, hey, you need to go into work today because you need to pay the rent. And he's like, ah, every day I wake up like this. Aaron, you know see, what? That see, is now a- if you had if you had 13 animals in the house, maybe he wouldn't be able to sleep. Did you think about that? You know what? Get we had we had a lot of animals and he was, he was good with the animals. I will say that, but even I always try to do that too. I try to get somebody to be like a ranch hand and then they're just like a total alcoholic. (laughs) That sounds right. Although you could have just solved this by just buying a rooster. (laughs) You, you are, you wouldn't know this because you're not an animal guy, but well, you are half Mexican. You should know this. Um, you're only allowed one rooster in LA. Did you know? Cock-a-doodle-doo. I actually know a couple people that have roosters. They're only allowed one. Yeah, you're only allowed yeah, one rooster. Yeah, which is rooster. unfair to that rooster because the rooster needs a hen. Oh, you could have all the hens you want, honey. But only <laughs> one rooster. Relax, relax. Is it because of cockfighting? Uh, no, it's because of the fucking noise in the morning. Yeah. Be- yeah because you're going to sure. wake up all your neighbors. You know, I I don't mess with it. Honestly, the last thing I want is if I have a pissy neighbor, if I live next to like a Brad or a Karen, I do not want to wake them up. Like, let them sleep. You know, I mean, as far as barky dogs. Yeah, I'll muzzle those dogs when we go outside early in the morning. I mean, I don't want to be waking people up. So we would be great. We would be you can come out and stay in Trona. I know you want to. So come on out. Take the 14. I'll see all the animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let me know when the RV it. gets there. I'll stay in the RV. All right, you can check out more Sally Mullins on our Instagram at Sally Mullins 818 which is the area code she's moving out of. Uh, or you can watch her stand-up special. She's got an hour on Amazon called Sleazy Does It. Boom, there's some of that. She's also got a YouTube channel. Her YouTube channel um, also has a video podcast that I'm on. We actually taped it uh, same day, back-to-back, two completely separate conversations. Two com- I would say, I want to say two completely separate feels, but there's going to be some, because it's the two of us, you know, talking the same day, there's going to be some of the same feel, although we both like going in different sort of areas, you know, like you could tell when I was like talking about boundaries and stuff, that's not like the direction she normally goes, although I believe both conversations like completely PG rated and stuff, so have at it. If you like this conversation, you want to hear more of me talking to Sally, go to her YouTube channel. Sally Mullins, and find the interview where we talk for, I think it's like just 30 minutes, 40 minutes. It's a fun time. It's a good interview. I laughed. In fact, I haven't gone back and listened to the episode of Putting Up With Air Michael Marsh yet of this, so I'm not sure which parts, uh, when I go back and listen to make the promo, are on her interview or my interview. Boom. The only thing I, I yeah, because it just, it all happened fairly easily. So check all that out. Sally's a blast. In fact, I'm going to give her a little credit. I've seen other people make variations of this joke, but she was the first one I saw do it. The very first time I left the house to watch stand-up after the pandemic, so like we're still getting comfortable being in front of people, um, she was hosting a show, and she said, 
that she wanted to take an Uber to get there, but it would be cheaper just to get the DUI. Um, and I was like, brilliant. Perfectly written joke. Sally Mullins. That's a taste. It's a taste of Sally's humor. Um, I'm sorry, I got totally distracted. I just got a big whiff of barbecue. I'm in my apartment. There's no barbecue here. But I'm going to go outside and find that barbecue and bring it in here. For sure. That's going to happen. All right. Next week, I have Callahan Welsh. Callahan Welsh used to sign up as at Open Mics under the name Shitty Open Micer. And he would just do a parody of what open mic comedy is. And it would crush, and it's great. And I brought him on to ask him how you plan on building off that because that can only exist in a three- to five-minute chunk amongst other three- to five-minute chunks. And I was like, I really wanted to dig in and be like, you are too funny to have a three- to five-minute gimmick that I don't know how it becomes an hour. How do you plan on turning this into an hour? And that's the conversation that comes next week. I'm excited. I mean, the conversation's already happened, and I loved it. So I'm excited to release it. I'm excited to release Sally Mullins. I'm excited to for whatever's happening. Uh, I also... Oh, Obi-Wan Kenobi podcast is back up. So is this the way with Andy Leonard's and Aaron Michael Marsh? We talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi and his new TV show. I did not like the first two episodes. I absolutely loved the third one. So I don't know if that's a spoiler, but that's that's up. That's out there. If you guys have been watching or liking, go ahead. Check that out. I know that I can tell by the ratings uh, of our own podcast how well the TV show is doing. <laughs> so it's funny because it was like I saw as people stopped watching Boba Fett and those are the kind of the numbers we're floating at with Kenobi but from what I can tell that's just the ratings of what Kenobi is um, so I have that going on right now in fact there's a stormtrooper that I uh, that reached out to do the Star Wars podcast and I was like I'd rather have you on putting up with Aaron Michael Marsh so that's coming in the future um, sure I think that about sums up everything that's happening with me right now I'm uh, working a ton so I feel constantly sweaty. My job feels like constant working out. So I think that means I'm getting in shape. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being gross. Maybe I'm just grosser and sweatier on a common basis. Who knows? Guys, as always, thank you for listening. And thank you for putting up with me. Mm-hmm.